Welcome back to the Hostile Environment Podcast, baseball fans. This is episode number 17, and judging by my statistics, I am exactly 140 downloads away from 2,000. Can I get there before episode number 20, which will be the debut of the much-anticipated Noof Story? Uh, Only time will tell. But one thing I do know is today, I have a hell of a show for you. I'm going to do some news and notes from around the world. I'm going to answer a fan question that uh, needed a bit more context or more than just a few paragraphs that I gave in the last episode. So instead of waiting for the next episode of Fan Questions, I figured I'd just get that out of the way today and answer this guy's question since he was nice enough to contact me via the Facebooks, I believe, or was it Instagram? I think it was maybe Instagram. But before we get to any of that shitstorm of content that I have for you today, we've got to do something together, and that would be the social media plugs. Feel free to say them with me while you're in your car, or you're lazy boy, or you're at work, and you're playing it over the loudspeaker, or over the loudspeaker in a warehouse, or in the office, whatever. Um, you know, this is a family-friendly show. It's like a Disney-style podcast. It's great for everybody. Play it for the kids. Um, and just, you know, wh- while I'm doing my plugs, um, feel free to say them with me. Like, um, I say, like, remember when we used to recite the Lord's Prayer in school? Um, let's do that with my social media plug, shall we? Let's give that a shot. Uh, fuck it. I don't know. It's not going to work. I'm, you're not going to do it. Anyways, it was worth a shot. Anyways, here we go. Um, if you want to watch a video of me crying myself to sleep, um, you know, then you can follow me on TikTok. I'll post something like that at some point. And that would be at the Hostile Environment Pod. Uh, for pictures of me dancing romantically to Celine Dion in the rain, um, you can find those pics on Instagram, which is um, at host.enviro.pod. If you'd like to know how many times I've woken up hungover in a dumpster, um, ask me on Facebook, which is jcowl. Um, if you want to see pictures of, uh, or short videos of me taking a bath in my wife's wedding dress, well, those are on Twitter and you can find those at podcast underscore hostile. And please, I shouldn't have to beg for dick pics, but I am. So send your dick pics or questions or comments or complaints or suggestions or all of the above to j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. Okay, now let's get to some news and notes from around the world, shall we? Our first story is, it has been officially announced that Michael Keaton is returning as Batman in the Solo Flash movie, whenever the fuck it's released, of course, because they keep changing the dates, and apparently the guy who played the Flash uh, choked a female fan at some sort of fucking event, and it was caught on video, so... They may or may not fire him. I, I don't know. But anyways, Michael Keaton has officially confirmed that he is coming back to to play Batman. Um, for those of you keeping score at home, though, Michael Keaton was the first cinematic Batman, not including Adam West. Great fucking show, by the way. Um, so Michael Keaton played Batman for the first time in 1989. And then it was Val Kilmer in 1995, uh, followed by George Clooney in that fucking awful movie in 1997 and then of course the amazing christian bale took over for three movies which were fucking fantastic 
Then Ben Affleck became the Dark Knight, and apparently he's going to come back and do another uh, fucking swing in at some point. He's going to be Batman again, even though he said he wasn't going to. And now also, at some point in the next, I want to say six months, that fucking transsexual from the Twilight movies is playing Batman. And i got to admit, the trailer does look fantastic. So if you haven't seen the new, uh, it's called The Batman trailer on YouTube, go fucking check it out because... As, as, as fucking goofy as the thought of the guy playing Twilight, uh, playing Batman is, the fucking trailer is actually pretty decent. And uh, now, Michael Keaton, 32 years later, is donning the cape and cowl again. So, that's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan. He was great in all his fucking movies. Beetlejuice, obviously Batman, um, the fucking Birdman movie he made, that was decent. Um, but I'm sure at some point, you know, since we've gone through all these other Batmans, that at some point in the near future, I'm guessing a woman or Batman's going to be gay or whatever. I don't fucking know, but that seems to be the way that Hollywood's going. So that could be on the horizon. So stay tuned for that fucking awesome turn of events, which is eventually coming, I'm sure. All right. On to the next story I got for you, my lovely audience. Um, oh, this is a good one. Um, do you guys are ever, does everyone remember that, that TV show called that 70 show? Uh, it was, it was pretty fucking funny for the first four or five years. I don't, I don't even know how many years it was on, but near the end, it really got to be shit. Um, it was a funny fucking show. It launched the careers of Ashton Kutcher, uh, Topher Grace and that mouth watering little darling Mila Kunis. Uh, and speaking of Ashton Kutcher from dude, where's my car? Did you guys know that he is almost a certified billionaire? I bet you wouldn't have fucking thought that. Um, it's not from his terrible movie careers. Um, it's actually from his amazing investments, uh, one of which is Uber, which he got into on the ground floor. Um, he's also, I've seen him, he's also been on Shark Tank. I've watched that episode, a couple episodes he was on. Um, and it's, you know, and, and now he's fucking Uber stupid rich. And Mila Kunis is also pretty well off. So, you know, there's a fucking power couple for you. And at the end of the day, it's all thanks to that 70s show. Uh, and so anyways, uh, moving out of Ashton Kutcher, because that's not the story. The story is about the guy who played Hyde on that 70s show. His name is Danny Masterson. Um, he's found in some, uh, himself in, in uh, quite a bit of hot water in the, last, in the recent years. Um, apparently, he's a rape monster. Um, so who saw that coming? Um, and he's a fucking Scientologist, which means he's insane. So fucking Captain Sano is now not only denying all of the rape allegations because there's multiple women. I believe the last time I checked, it was like 11. Um, so he's, he's denying all those, but now he's also, um, he's blaming ex-Scientologist Leah Ramini, who was the wife of that fat, unfunny prick in that show, King of Queens. Um, she quit Scientology, like, I'm going to say like 10 years ago, and she made a crazy ass reality show about her escape from Scientology. It was on a &E. I watched a few episodes. It was, eh, it was all right, I guess. But I guess the, the, the real reason that I started watching was because Scientology is just so fucked. Like, and I, I'm actually intrigued by anybody who actually is, is involved in that religion or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, so she made that reality show and she told everyone, how truly fucking crazy it was and what, what a cult it really is. Um, but anyway, so somehow she's to blame for Danny Masterson being a fucking rape monster. 
Um, he's a fucking sexual predator. Somehow it's her fault because apparently she's trying to get the prosecutors to 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 double charge or to overcharge him, and she's also getting all these people. He thinks or he claims that uh, Leah Remini is getting all these women to come forward with false allegations just to take him down because. God knows the guy from that 70s show needs to be taken down. Like, I, I don't fucking know. I think this guy's just off his chain. Um, I, I, I should, truthfully, I don't have any idea how any functioning human being can follow the Church of Scientology because it's fucking stupid. That being said, uh, my buddy Derek, who most of you know, um, uh, has an uncle who's like a king or a captain of Scientology in the Canadian church. Um, the main office used to be down, downtown, right at Young and Bluerish. Uh, we walked by it a few times, and Derek would point at the sign and say, yeah, my uncle's like really high up. And I met him a few times. Uh, nice enough guy. Uh, you wouldn't know he was fucking insane, but he is. And um, he actually owns a roofing business, too. So he came and did my uh, roof of my old house. And like I said, nice enough guy. Um, I, uh, I met him at Derek's wedding, obviously, or hung out with him at Derek's wedding, too. So... Um, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 just anyway. Scientology's fucked. Um, the only person in sci- who should be a Scientologist and and be allowed to be a Scientologist is fucking sexy Tom Cruise, who can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's Top Gun and he's incredible. So there's that story about Scientology and that fucking seventies rape hound guy. Next story I got for you guys is oh. Welcome back to the news, Tiger King. Everybody's favorite gay animal-abusing reality star has apparently come to an agreement with the woman he hired someone to kill, Carol Baskin. The agreement, which is being brought to you, which is, sorry, which is being brought to the courts, is um, something along the lines of Carol Baskin and her husband will support the early release of Joe Exotic, if, in turn, Joe Exotic renounces his support for having big cats in cages and zoos and puts his support towards the Big Cat Safety Act. So, I, I, I don't even know where this... So, let me get this straight. The guy who started the Big Cat Zoo had his zoo taken away and then tried to kill the disgusting woman who took it from him when she had a cat zoo of her own, is now supporting the gay meth junkie who killed tigers and almost got released from prison by President Donald Trump. Holy fuck, yes, this is the real world and this is really happening. When the fuck does it end? Uh, Awesome. And, you know, considering The Rock is running for president, I can't wait to see fucking what happens then. You got a reality star... Now you got fucking this guy who's a weekend at Bernie's. I, I don't even think this fucking guy, Joe Biden's even alive. Um, I, I think anybody can be president now. It's a free-for-all. So thanks for that, Mr. Donald Trump. And thanks, America, for voting that fucking lunatic in. Uh, oh, before I get to another story, um, I wanted to give you guys a shed update. Yes, yes. So if you listened to my last episode, I took you on a journey of building this fucking monster, fucking crazy-ass shed. Um, so, you know, what I'm going to do for you, um, is post a text message that, uh, between me and that guy who were building the shed, 
um, because this was just before he showed up on day three that we were going back and forth and I wasn't sure I was going to post it, but fuck, I, it's pretty goddamn funny. Um, I literally teared up because I was laughing so hard to myself when he sent this to me. Um, so uh, keep in mind that was before day three. So he came for day three and, um, Saturday was day four, but was Saturday the last day? Was the shed completed on Saturday? Well, day four, unfortunately, shed guy officially tapped out and he threw in the towel. He was defeated and almost brought to tears by the fucking sheer frustration of the easy shed. Uh, so he, he built, he built the entire thing. He's got it 95% done. Um, and then next, next thing I know, he calls me over. Um, I look at it. Um, the doors won't close properly. So all he did was he opened his hand and he gave me the handle for one of the doors. He gave me the latch for the bottom of the other door and basically said, I just can't do it anymore. I'm done. So that being said, the shed is, I want to say, I want to say 98.5% done. Um, but it, it, it it's it's standing it's it's standing so it's completed right, for the most part and i've already filled it up with a bunch of shit so it, it, it works i mean it does its job for now but because the doors won't close properly i'm basically in the same fucking situation i was in um with the other shed before i tore it down because it didn't have any doors at all so neither one of these sheds really have doors the other one didn't have any doors at all and these ones have doors that won't close so it's basically swinging open so i've got to close with a brick right now so basically for $600, which I paid for the shed and the money that I paid shed guy, um, I'm pretty much in the exact same spot. So that's awesome. And I am a financial fucking wizard. Let me tell you, because that's money well spent. So hopefully I can get this fucking door fixed and actually get the shed closed like a regular human being, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, so that was the shed update. Now, let's do a few, oh, what do we have here? Let's do a few headlines from your phone you'll never see on TV. Aha! You guys didn't even know I was going to do that. Because that's, uh, you know, in the world of the podcasting business, that's what you call a surprise segment. So, surprise, a little fucking awesome segment for you guys that gets a lot of good feedback, so I know you enjoy it. Let's start with the first one, which is... Man claims to be Conor McGregor to get out of arrest. Okay, so this guy's name is Mark Nye, N-Y-E is his last name. He comes from a small village in England called Stanwell. And he was stopped while he was driving, um, attempting to dispose of a stash of drugs and two cell phones. When police confronted him after they pulled him over... He immediately introduced himself as the MMA legend Conor McGregor. Not only did he say he was Conor, but he also had business cards on him that said uh, he was running McGregor Enterprises. So that after that, after I guess they called bullshit on that, he got charged with um, intent to supply Class A drugs, driving while disqualified, and driving without insurance. So I'm going to post a picture uh, of the side-by-side -side of this gentleman and Conor McGregor. And you be the judge. And you tell me if you can see the difference. I'm pretty sure I, I know why he got pinched. 
So I will post those on my social media platform. So stay tuned for that and feel free to respond if you'd like. It's all good. Um, everyone has heard of the band Korn, I'm assuming K-O-R-N. I'm pretty sure most of you, if not all of you have, but if you're a little out of date and you're a little older, like some of you are, um, maybe you haven't. Um, they were a pretty badass band. They were big about, for about five years back in, uh, I want to say 1994. So, you know, maybe five or six years, they were huge, but they started off in 1994. Uh, I actually still play some of their tunes when I did cardio at the gym, which unfortunately seems like a fucking lifetime ago because this goddamn virus won't go away. Anyways, um, as much as I liked corn, um, I did not love corn, but some people do love corn. They were fucking huge fans. But do you love corn enough to name your child corn? Uh, so this happened in Seattle, um, where, yes, happened in Seattle. So the baby's name is Corn, not like Corn on the Cob, but Corn like the band. Um, the mother provided a picture of the uh, birth certificate on her social media that said, um, that the, the hospital had fucked up the birth certificate. So she was putting this online just to prove that it actually happened. So yeah, so um, it uh, you can Google it if you want, and you can find it all pop up. But uh, some fuck somehow in Seattle, the, the you know the, the doctors or whoever fucked up that whole thing. So um, they're a grunge band, and you know they're pretty much non-existent anymore. But I mean, what the hell, right? You've got a baby named Corn. I mean, fuck it. Why not have a second kid? And you know it, it could be called Limp Biscuit. That's the hell of a fucking girl's name, isn't it? You know. Anyways. Uh, and I got one more headline for you, and then I will do the fan question that I spoke of. Um, two men were arrested for stealing a Big Bird costume. So these two fucking geniuses, um, who, who were named uh, appropriately the Big Bird Bandits, they stole the costume from a circus tent in Australia. Apparently the value of the costume is listed at over tens of thousands of dollars. So... I don't know if that's the actual fucking Sesame Street um, outfit or if this is like a, a, a fake one, but for it to be worth that much money, you'd have to think it was the real one, right? Or maybe the guy was inside of it too. I don't know. Maybe they stole the whole fucking thing. I don't know. Um, so the thieves stole the costume and they had it in their possession for just about a week apparently before they had a change of heart and they returned it back to the circus with a note of apology where they said sorry, and they blamed it on being drunk and bored. Um, you know, I, and I love this story because it's something I totally would have done. I could totally see myself and Tone and Derek doing this back in the day. Um, but the only problem is I would have to up it a little bit. Stealing the costume, costume would be great, but you'd have to bring something else to the table. So let's get someone to steal that big fucking brown elephant that he was always talking to so we could make some sort of the naughty Sesame Street sex video, maybe. A little fucking Sesame Street fucking underground porn, maybe. I don't know. Just a shot, you know, just a thought. And, uh, oh, wait, before I go any further, I actually want to give a shout out. Uh, there's no point in watching this video online because it's like literally eight seconds of video. But I want to give a shout out to Super Bowl champion Tight End from your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, uh, he just broke, Rob Gonkrowski just broke a rec, a Guinness broke a world records for catching a football dropped from a helicopter from 600 feet in the fucking air. I watched it. It was a short video. Like I said, it was like eight seconds, 
but I did watch the fucking football get dropped out of the helicopter and he fucking caught it. I mean, you would have to think there's a shitload of pain involved in that, right? I mean, that's got to hurt. Or he didn't he didn't sell it though. He didn't act like it hurt. So good for him. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just keep winning. There it is. All right, so there you go. So I did my fucking news and notes. I've done some uh, headlines from your phone. Now I'm going to get to uh, the fan question. And this question is brought to me from, uh, and this is his handle, uh, SlaughterhouseX. Uh, I'm not sure if that's like slaughter and then house and then X, or maybe is it a play on words like sex involved somehow i don't know it's a fucking weird name but it's all one it's all one word and uh his anyways his question was have you ever been in a car accident and i told him i would respond to him but it would take more than like i said a few paragraphs so i figured i'd do it here because of course just like everything else in my goddamn life it has a story attached to it so the answer to that is obviously yes um unfortunately it's a story that i'm not proud of because it involves drinking and driving so this unfortunately happened in the first year that I actually owned my very first car, the silver Pontiac Sunfire that I've spoken of before in past episodes. Um, I, and I, no matter what, I told you guys, I got made fun of because I drove a Sunfire, but I fucking love that car. And unfortunately, I hurt her on that fucking faithful evening. Um, anyways, I, I, I went to work like I usually do. Um... Derek says, stop by for a beer and, you know, just fucking say hi. Um, I ended up staying a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, you know, instead of being a responsible adult with some fucking willpower, of course, I had one too many beers and I decided it was a good idea to drive home. Uh, keep in mind from Derek's apartment to my apartment where I lived at the time, it was literally like a eight minute drive at most. And uh, somehow I still fucked it all up. The problem um, was that between Derek's house and mine, there was a large stretch of an open side street, like road, um, that everyone called the racetrack. Um, it was it's kind of shaped like an S, so obviously for obvious reasons it was called the racetrack. Um, so everyone sped through it, you know, like they were F one drivers, and, and it was what it was. Um, well. Uh, the thing is, I you know, when you mix fucking alcohol and, and all that shit, it's a, it's a horrible combination. And sure enough, you know, I'm blasting some tunes and I'm speeding down. And, you know, the next thing I know, I zigged when I should have zagged and boom, I was fucking wrapped around a tree. And I had practically totaled my fucking car. So after I got in the accident, you know, obviously your head goes up, you're looking through the front windshield. All I see is tree and smoke. Uh, so I kick open the door, um, which I actually really had to legitimately kick open the door. Um, so I hit the fucking tree head on, but somehow I guess the, the pushback from the shit affected the fucking doors and a whole bunch of other shit, I'm guessing too. So, I, you know, I gather my whereabouts and I survey the damage and I literally, like, it's probably the most confused I've ever been in my entire life. I literally had zero clue what to do. Um, I was worried the cops were going to show up and I'd be arrested. That was obviously the first thing on my mind. I didn't know who to call. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if my car was a write-off or not, and my fucking head was killing me. Um, obviously, because you know, it, when I hit the fucking tree, my head hit the steering wheel. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm dazed and confused, not like the movie, but I really am. And um, you know, all of a sudden, I hear this fucking voice um, from a distance asking me if I'm okay. It turns out to be a uh, a kid. So keep in mind, around this around this time, I'm like 26, 27. 
real mature, eh, boys and girls? Real fucking mature. Um, so he, anyways, this, this 17 or 18 year old kid walks over to me and, and the Sunfire and, uh, asked me, you know, if I was okay and what's going on. And, you know, I, I was just honest with the kid, you know, I said I was kind of drunk and I lost control. Um, I said, you know, it was only a fucking seven or eight minute drive. I don't know how this happened sort of scenario. And, um, you know, I was fucked. I didn't know what to do. So he says he can help. It turns out the kid worked at an auto body shop and like knew people who knew people and all that shit. Um, but I'd have to be willing to pay up the ass, which I was because, you know, the alternative was not good. I mean, fucking keep in mind also at this time, I'm a fucking correctional officer. Um, so again, another fucking bad decision on my part was doing this, knowing that I'm a correctional officer, right? So it was just a fucking bad night and, and I just, it just kept getting worse, it kept getting snowballing. It's all because of my fucking choices. I don't even have a year under my belt at my job and my new career, and, you know, getting arrested for drinking and driving is something I've got to avoid at all costs. So I gave the kid the green light to make his calls. And uh, sure enough, not even an hour later, um, a, a fucking flatbed tow truck showed up. And uh, there it is. You know, I'm, I'm staring at my fucking uh, my baby getting put on the back of this flatbed. And before I know, it's 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 gone. Uh, it's gone into a body shop and they said you were going to drop it off for the evening and um, you know he told me to he actually gave me a lift home too which was literally only a two or three minute uh, drive at that point but because my head was fucking killing me and because of what was going on I guess he figured it'd be guest it would be best to get me out of the area which I totally fucking agree with anyways uh, so the kid tells me that he's going to take care of everything and um, he gives me his number um, and he says, you know, I've got everything under control. Wait for my call. I'll hook you up with all the info that you need. Um, and that's what exactly what he did. So the next day he calls and he says, you know, everything's been taken care of. But unfortunately, I can't get your car back to you for seven or ten days because the damage was so extensive but fixable. Um, I mean, I fucking cracked the axle. And that's how bad it was. Uh, I cracked the axle. Uh, I totaled the fucking total. Uh, the, the whole front of the fucking car was totaled. So I totally understood the delay in getting the car back. So there's that. Um, anyways, after everything, um, it basically cost me almost two grand, um, you know, for the tow truck, uh, for the work that had to get done. Um, but this fucking kid, he saved my ass, which made him kind of like my like guardian angel of sorts, I suppose. So I'll never forget this fucking kid's act of kindness. Um, the reason why I, I keep calling him the kid and I haven't actually called him by his name is I can't for the fucking life of me remember his goddamn name. So that's how much he meant to me was that I can't even remember this kid's name, which is fucking kind of depressing because without him, who the fuck knows what would have happened. So that's my one and only car accident story. And like I said, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm deeply ashamed um, that I put myself in that position because it wasn't just me at that time. You know, obviously I was married, so I'm putting my wife in that situation too because, you know, even though I'm the one driving, the impact would have obviously affected her. And we did have our oldest daughter at that time. So um, it was just a shit storm. It's just a fucking stupid night. And I'm, I'm, I've been smarter. I'm, it was a wake up call for me that night. So I don't do that shit anymore. So thank that, that. I guess if there was a silver lining, that would be it. So, um, like I said, I'm deeply ashamed. Um, so let's do a public service announcement then just in this situation, kids, this is a public surf service announcement from the, uh, hostile environment podcast. Don't drive a sunfire drunk, like a race car driver at one in the morning, do that shit in the daytime. So there it is. All right. Live and learn. 
switching gears here um, to also if you didn't watch the UFC card on Saturday night like I told you to, holy fuck. But don't watch it if you're squeamish uh, because watching Chris Weidman break his fucking foot in the first like 25 seconds of the fight by kicking that guy's leg was horrific. And unfortunately, I believe, you know, in my heart of hearts, I don't want to believe it, but unfortunately, it looks like uh, that'll be the end of Chris Weidman as an MMA fighter. He's like 36 years old. This fucking severe injury that he's he just suffered um, is is at least a year of, of, of recovery, and then he'd have to start training, so he'd be a fighter you know, coming back to around 40, and it just doesn't happen, so... Unfortunately, it looks like that's the end of his career. Um, so it's too bad that you're in a, like a, if you haven't seen it or you haven't seen the clips on the internets, check it out. It was fucking vicious. Um, like I said, and uh, unfortunately, also watching my door, my boy uh, Jorge Masvidal get knocked the fuck out um, was shitty too. Because I do love that fucking guy. He he's a pretty cool guy. Um, but the highlight of the show for me was watching a completely sold-out arena in Jacksonville, Florida, which is, I, I want to say they had like a gate of like 40,000 fans, something like that. They all started in unison chanting, fuck Jake Paul, because he truly is a massive douchebag. But he's a massive douchebag who's got a fucking million dollars or fucking $10 million or something. So I guess that makes me the fucking douchebag. But he showed up at the fight, and of course he was with Antonio Brown, who plays for the Bucks, and he's another fucking douchebag too. And he started making a scene, and you know the fans quickly realized who he was, so the whole arena was screaming "fuck Jake Paul." And then Daniel Cormier came over, and they almost got into it, which wouldn't have been much because Daniel Cormier would fucking smash his stupid face. So, anyways, like I said, um, if you guys haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. It was the whole card front to back was fucking entertaining as hell. So very good card. Um, so that will be the that will be the official wrap up for this episode for Monday. I will talk to you guys on Thursday when maybe, just maybe, I will bring you another edition of Thursday Tone Tales. But for you to know if I'm going to do it or if it goes down, you got to download. Am I right? Yes. Yes. And only two more episodes until the first Noof story. And let me tell you, this story is fucking awesome. It's unbelievable. And it goes in all these different directions. So you got to sit through 18 and 19 to get to 20, but 20 will be worth it. But also 18 and 19 will be awesome too. So I'm not discounting those episodes for any reason. Anyways, that is it. That is the show. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the weather. There's no more fucking snow coming. Thank God. So that being said, I will talk to you on Thursday. So goodbye for now.